Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so we're rolling. Uh, and I'm counting us down. No racism in this intro. Hell no. But I am on a shit ton of Ambien. Damn. The two are not connected. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And we are the retrospective that's introspective. What do we do here? We introduce each other to different forms of media, whether it be music, movie, spoken word, television, ah, poetry, other forms of media. I like how excited Uh, that you got about poetry. Thank you. You were literally like, ah, poetry. Yeah. Uh, well, I can't not get excited about poetry. No, hey, I can't it's, blame you. Look, yeah. Pablo Neruda, some beautiful, beautiful poems. Hell yeah. Ooh, I'm all about that Shakespeare sonnets, bitch. Ooh, give me a good, something, something, rose, something, something, something. Shall I compare thee to a <laughs> Southern's day? <laughs> I don't remember that one. I, yeah. No, me I don't either. remember that one. I just remember that they exist. Um, anyways. Uh, you better lose yourself in the music the moment, <laughs> the moment you, you own it. it. Mom's spaghetti. It's from uh, Hamlet, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, um, for more of this wackiness, make sure to follow us uh, on our Twitter, which is Missing Outcast, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. I assume if you're listening to this, you know where to find us, which is iTunes, uh, Sp- not Spotify, um, Stitcher. Uh, Google Play Store, Podbean, Overcast. I'm having so much trouble remembering names of things. Um, but while you're there, make sure to like, subscribe to get us uh, higher and, and then high as high as possible in those sweet, sweet charts, so other people can find us and enjoy this delicious wackiness. So, but Shakespeare is public domain, so we wouldn't have to pay for the rights to Shakespeare to put on this production, <laughs> but we, what we would have to do yeah. is we would have to license the one song, which would probably cost a lot of money, but can you imagine putting on, just going to see Hamlet, like you're there for a night of theater, you're like ready to see a new production, uh, because it's all about, it's not about what's on the page, it's all about how they interpret what's on the page. Right. So you're looking to see a new interpretation, but it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for a night of Shakespeare, and you're watching Hamlet, and it's Hamlet. It's the person faithful to the text, very uh, wonderfully realized production, and then uh, they've cut out the to be or not to be speech and just dropped in Lose Yourself. Mm. And I don't just mean like he doesn't speak it. They, he literally wraps all of Lose Yourself in place of to be or not to be. So we'd have Ooh. to license Lose Yourself, which would probably cost a ton of money. That's um, true. But then he ends the song... And we're just right back into the text of Hamlet faithfully all the way to the end. Yeah. Well, I think that we could probably get around licensing the song if we essentially altered it a little bit, like change the lyrics slightly um, and then change the like 
the uh, note confirm- con- configuration, just like a little bit under parity law. Right. Yeah, I think that that would definitely let us do both things. It's a bit of a happy accident that we're now talking about uh, bits of culture smashed together and remixed. Because that, that speaks very directly to what we're talking about today. Yes, it does. So, um, so, so, tell, so tell the nice people at home, <laughs> tell the nice, <laughs> the nice lost, bewildered people at home, I see you, uh, what's, what's up? Um, so I made Lex watch Dragon Ball Z Abridged, which is the online series by Team Four Star. I did it kind of as an experiment in that I gave him literally no context yep. about what abridging is None at all. or uh, how any of the, the community works or uh, even how abridged comedy works. Uh, really, and I don't think he's even seen very much of Dragon Ball Z. So, like, I do know. So, occasionally, when it comes to Dragon Ball Z, I'll play ever so slightly dumber than I am, but I'm still pretty DBZ illiterate. I know most of the major character names because I had friends around me growing up that were super into it. Yeah. So I can rattle off the names of most of the main characters. I don't, for the most part, know what their relationship is to each other. I know, like, these guys are the good guys, and these guys are the less good guys. And right. this, at least this dude just sort of waffles back and forth sometimes. <laughs> um, but that's kind of it. The Dragon Balls are a little bit like the Infinity Stones, right? Pretty much. Okay. You gather them, you could do whatever you want. Okay. So, um, yeah. Right. So, um, I, I made him watch the first season, which is the first 10 episodes, takes you all the way through the Saiyan saga, basically from the arrival of Raditz to the uh, departure of Vegeta. Um, and as if you are which watching... One, which one is Raditz? Raditz is the long-haired guy who's Goku's brother. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's a character that I, I'm less familiar with. Well, yeah, he's only in, like two episodes okay because at a certain point like i knew all of the the characters that i had heard of a bunch and seen a bunch but then there was like okay so there was that guy it was just like hair guy yeah and there's big big uh muscular bald guy with facial hair and then there's then there's tall bald guy with another eye on his head tian shin han yes yeah the only bald guy i knew was uh krillin good i didn't know anybody else the best one i mean he's the only one (laughs) um Yes. Well, I mean, I think that that's really interesting in that I feel like this show, uh, Dragon Ball Z Abridged, gives Raditz more importance than the actual show does. Okay. Like, they bring up Raditz way more than the original show did. So, like, one of the big running gags in the in the first arc is, like, uh, comparing people's power levels to Raditz. So when you saw the Cyberman sequence, they're like, each one of these little plant guys is one Raditz. That's right. I liked the little plant robots. <laughs> I liked it. I liked that they uh, were also bald. Yes. It's all bald guys. Um, and isn't, it's easier to draw. Do you consider uh, the one character that I do know the name of that I didn't see in this video is uh, Frieza? Yes. And I know what Frieza looks like. Right. Do you consider this dome that he's got going on like his head or is it like a helmet that's attached to him? Okay. Well, it's his head. Okay. Uh, so he's bald too. Yeah. Frieza right. doesn't wear any clothes or uh, also doesn't wear a helmet or anything. So he's naked? Yeah. Interesting. Because it always, it looks like a suit. It does, that's doesn't convenient. it? That's really convenient. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Um, where's, uh, wait, where's... You know, I don't want to. No, I don't want to know where any of his stuff is. Uh, well, I, I mean, 
I, I thought I really thought for a second I wanted to. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to know this. I mean, you could imagine that maybe his tail is his junk, and oh, like so a, every like time the he, cat people. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh, so the, every time he wraps it around someone's neck, you're like, dude, you're getting dick choked. Dick choked. Dick choked. Chode choking. That's what Chode the D in DBZ stands for. Yep. Dick choke balls. <laughs> Dick choke ballsy. Um, <laughs> um, so I guess for me, before I go into, before I actually give you additional context and kind of go over the history of abridging. Yes. Um, I, I guess I should kind of figure out how, what your first impression of the show was. So... Hmm. There were some jokes and references I understood. Cool. There were a few re- uh, very explicit uh, Metal Gear Solid references, which oh, I yes. which I got. Uh, those were fun. Mm-hmm. I found much of it to be completely impenetrable. I had no <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. It was only at a certain point where I could see, like, you know, like they would um, they there would be stuff they would hit multiple times, like yeah. stuff like I don't know the Krillin owned counter yes uh they'd hit a bunch of times so it was like okay i can obviously i can now track the sort of recurring jokes and the rhythm of the recurring jokes i could not tell you what happened <laughs> you know what i mean like i couldn't even begin to i could tell you oh well there was the part where they keep getting sent back to the torture place yes and the 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 black face big eyed guy yes was uh, mr popo mr popo was yes. a lot uh and the, the them getting knocked off the floating platform and the plant robots and some other stuff too probably the dude making his drink change into different oh, yes. juices and then beer and then hooray for beer like i could track certain things moment to moment but i could not begin to even even gesture towards what i think the storyline of this was gotcha okay because one thing I was, I'm always interested in is, especially for things that are parodies and spoofs and things like that, um, how they are for people who are unfamiliar with the source material. Right. I had no, I, I could, there were plenty of moments where I felt like, oh, okay, they're clearly riffing on something specific from the source material right. that I have absolutely no frame of reference for. So I don't know how to, it's weird i don't know that i'm finding it all that funny right but again entirely because i'm not very much not the audience i don't i i don't have a frame of reference for it so there were things that like the things that i thought were funniest were the most just absurd disconnected what even could this this could not possibly have additional context uh that stuff i was like haha more and the rest of it it wasn't like booze just i don't understand this right well, yes, I imagine, especially the things that are very specifically referencing the source, you just like, w- yeah, without that context, then you're not in on the joke because essentially it's like when people make fun of a thing that you love uh, for a specific reason. Like, let's say uh, Solo, for example, it's like if you didn't know what the, the Kessel Run was and people were like, making fun of the idea of under 12 parsecs then you'd have no idea why that's funny or what the context is so it's kind of like that um but uh i'm glad that you were able to enjoy it beyond that piece i mean Um, i wasn't i i can't say at any point i was having a bad time yeah i was just very lost through much of it Mm -hmm. yeah um as you should be uh (laughs) um i 
because when I presented this to you, um, I I think I specifically said something to the effect of, I know you love anime, so I'm going to send you a, a layer deeper. So, like, this is for people who are have are very deep anime fans. And then uh, the next step from there is being able to parody that thing that you're already a fan of because you have the context for all the different things. And so, like, as you get deeper into the abridging community specifically, um, they start to reference each other and, like, you start to see uh, reoccurring talent and people jumping from... Uh, a bridge series to a bridge series. Um, so that said, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of context about how a bridging came to be. And I, I guess my first question is, uh, is it mostly anime focused? Um, a lot of it is. Um, so the first, like, not the literal first, but like the first famous uh, a bridge series was Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge. Okay. Um, and then... From there, it inspired a bunch of people to kind of mimic that style. Because what this really reminded me of, and maybe there's a relationship and maybe there isn't, but what this really reminded me of was the X-Men uh, animated stuff that people like did their own version of at a certain point, like the, mm-hmm. this, like where I'm the Juggernaut bitch came from. Oh, yes. This reminded me at times of that. Yeah. Um, so uh, the first, like the literal first one, it was the, the G.I. Joe PSA um, yes, ones. I remember those. Yes. Um, so that was like the first like fan dub parody thing, um, or at least one of the first well-known fan dub parody things. Um, and so, yeah, there's a slew of different ones. There's not a lot of like live action, um, a bridge series. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult. Well, to... I feel like the equivalent of that would be like the bad lip reading videos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like. If you're if you're thinking like mainstream stuff like the scary movie uh, franchise or oh, even I mean yeah you could uh, that's true I mean really any kind of like super super focused like farcical spoof movies like stuff that the Zucker brothers would do and they took over I think on Scary Movie three yeah um, but they also did like Airplane for example right like that type of sensibility actually yeah or even a lot of like um, yeah I would equate it to like Spaceballs this, this yeah. Is the, yeah example that just popped into my head yeah yeah. Um, so this is like a, a scaled down version of like Spaceballs where you're not like creating a whole movie or, or content. You're not, you don't have live action ad, uh, a- actors or anything. You're able to essentially take the source material and manipulate it uh, to the degree that you need to. Right. So a lot of the abridging process is, you, you know, you'll do your, your scripting and you'll do your, uh, your voiceover and then you'll essentially try to match the scenes uh, to that voiceover. So a lot of the time they use, um, and this is super easy when it comes to anime because they use a lot of still plates and mouth flaps. Um, so like some of the scenes will just be kind of like a loop of hair blowing in the wind. And then you just have to adjust the mouth flaps to match that. Um, (laughs) uh, you know, flappy mouths. Ooh, you need your flappy mouths for those dick chokes the m in missing out stands for mouth flaps hell yeah mouth flap (laughs) is sing out (laughs) 
um, yeah, that's that's what our Twitter is too. It's mouth <laughs> flapsing out. Um, flapsing? Yeah, that's like flapsing out. Mouth. Flapsing sounds like stuff is falling out of you. Yeah, you know, you don't want to reflapse. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, jeez. Um, so anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, it's big in terms of like anime because, uh, anime and like live action anime style or not live action, but, uh, American anime style shows like, uh, Avatar the Air, Last Airbender, um, uh, oh, um, Tron Legacy, things like that. Um, or Legendary Defender, not Legacy. Different shows. And by Tron, I mean Voltron. Okay. Yep. That's what I mean. <laughs> Tron Legacy uh, wasn't that the movie? Yeah, that was the second okay. Tron. Um, it wasn't. It was okay. Um, I, the score was pretty great. Yeah, the Daft Punk that, score. that sweet, sweet Daft Punk. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, abridging in terms of the way we know it now started with uh, this guy. He's uh, well. It started as a offshoot of AMVs. So back in the day, um, people would make music videos using uh, anime footage and essentially create meaning through like making these music videos. Um, so let's say you had a song by Creed and you were like, oh man, I need to put uh, Dragon Ball Z footage over this to tell the story about Trunks. And then uh, you're like, oh shit, yes. my sacrifice. I have seen examples of this. And yeah. I don't remember what the song was, but I saw one that somebody set to Invader Zim footage. Mm-hmm. But I forget what, but okay, I know the yeah. con- I know the concept. Right. So AMV standing for animated music video. And it was always bands like Creed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was always bands that like had like very specific, like oh, no, so sad the, the, lyrics the, 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 and things. This is how you remind me <laughs> of what I really am. Like a lot of that. Uh, first of all, that is Nickelback. Same shit. Uh, and yes, that is Nickelback. Same <laughs> shit. The C in Nickelback so, stands for Creed. <laughs> Nickel Creed back. Nick Creed back. We'll get back to you on this. Okay. Uh, we'll get Nickel back to you? No. Okay. No, um, never. <laughs> never. Um, so this guy, his name uh, was Martin Billany. Um he went by the moniker Little Karibo, came out with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck on you jumping in going, that is Nickelback I will have you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you to get these confused. Were you were you sticking up for Nickelback or for Creed? Neither. I just wanted, me, I just wanted accuracy. <laughs> That's uh, what this show is about. Truth and reporting. Accuracy. Truth and reporting and ethics and gaming journalism. Yeah. I don't want someone coming into our comment section and being like, one star review, fake news. <laughs> um, so, yeah. All right. Okay. I'll just put that, I'll just put that over here. Yep. And I'll put it under my keys. Oh, no. There it is. Oh, dang. There it will stay. Oh, man. Production design. <laughs> There's no actual keys. He's a Foley guy. Yeah, I did. I'm doing this with my mouth. Ooh, man. Look at that talent. Look at that skill. That's why I can't talk at the same time. It's true. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you'd be like a weird demon character with a mouth in your chest that you make noises from, and then you 
talk with your mouth, face mouth. Like Quato? Sure, yeah. Just like that. Like where he's got the like a whole other person kind of growing out of him? Yeah. Is, it not, is that not how Foley works? Is that not how uh, beatboxers do their thing? Is that That's not actually how... the secret behind all ventriloquism. <laughs> it's just that like they put the dummy on their lap so that Quato can kind of sit inside it. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. And then Quato's just sort of working the, the mouth with his little, his little arms in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, speaking yeah. of working the mouth... Um, <laughs> we are most always, of the time always speaking of working the mouth <laughs> in every um, every possible variation of its meaning. Oh yeah, um, but most of the time uh, when bridgers are doing their thing, yeah. Um, I forgot what my thing was. Oh, was it Nickelback? No, it never is. Um, <laughs> most of the time when a bridgers are doing their thing, they will write, voice, and edit. Their series, and so that's how the first one came to be. And then we had a lot of um, copycats for a while, and then we then essentially they started collaborating, um, c- kind of building an abridger community. So the the top of the top, the best ones started getting together and forming uh, groups and 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 collaborating on different videos. And then that's kind of how we got Team Four Star, which is the group that created Dragon Ball Z abridged. Okay, because um, for a second I was like, why does that sound familiar? Th- that's why, because I, j- I just watched that. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's why that sounds familiar to me. Um, Team Four Star being a, a reference to how they're four-star Dragon Ball. Um, it's all coming together, baby. You know, Yeah, yeah. You remember the ball that was on Go- Gohan's head? It had four right. stars. Ooh. Okay, question. Damn. Uh, source material question. Oh, he's dabbing. Yes. Uh, source material question. Go for it. What is the significance to the number of dots on each ball and the number of little stars on each ball? Um, each ball has, uh, it's kind of like dominoes and like each uh, ball has a number of stars uh, from one to seven because there are seven balls total. But do, does it like denote any difference between them, or is it just here's how you know it's 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 real? It's got one. It's got a collection of dots. You can put yep. them all in a row, and pretty be much. like, look, you're not a count. Yep. They don't. like just each have their own powers. Okay. Because um, I, yeah, I wasn't sure if there was anything to that other than okay, it's just they're all part of a set. Right. Got it. Yeah. All right. Um, so context: the four star ball is the one that Goku, our main character, was given by his grandpa. Before, spoiler alert, um, he accidentally killed him. Um, wait. For context, you'll have to watch the show. Wait, wait, wait. You'll have to watch the show. Wait a minute. He killed his Ooh, grandpa? By Nate. accident? Yeah. That's that's pretty messed up. Yeah, it's pretty dark. That's a lot to deal with. Yeah, Dragon Ball was great. Like, no um, wonder he's always going, and like bursting into flames and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I just would thinks too. about grandpa. Yeah, if I accidentally killed my grandpa, I'd probably, mm-hmm. I'd probably have like flaming yellow hair too. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, so Dragon Ball Z abridged, right. um, was a, uh, uh, collection or was, uh, born from, uh, about four original, uh, abridgers who were each doing their own series. Um, and so they all loved Dragon Ball Z. And so they decided to kind of, uh, create this series. Um, and they, they're process got more uh sophisticated and and more uh, uh elaborate and professional as they've gone on they're still making uh episodes to this day but they're about to wrap up 
the series potentially. So they're on episode 60, um, which is the one that is about to, that is going to launch soon and it should wrap up the current arc that they're in. Um, and uh, due to like a lot of copyright uh, like flags in their system, they, they keep having to take down their system, take down their, their videos. And so they have to uh, call it a quits um, potentially. I feel like if you wanted to put in the legwork, you just set up your own site where people can stream them and then you just build yourself a shit ton of proxies. And every time they kick, they take one down, you just pop it back up somewhere like, I don't know, like torrent sites do. Yeah. But I feel like you'd have to really be on top of that. Right. Like, I feel like it's maybe a little bit easier for torrent sites because as soon as one goes down, so many people are like, how am I going to steal shit? Yeah. And so it, they tend to pop back up pretty quickly. Right. Um. So it would have to be like just their core team staying on top of it and you'd have to like... You'd have to be on that 24-7, Oh, basically. yeah. That's exhausting. Uh, yeah, you'd never get any actual work done. You'd, yeah, no. it, you'd just be whack a mole all day. You'd get an intern to do it. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just, like, handcuff your intern to the radiator <laughs> and and put a laptop in front of them and be like, you get two meals a day, bathroom breaks twice a day as well. Not even three meals? No. We're that... on a budget. Okay. That's why we're not paying the intern. Right. I mean, that's why we've kidnapped this young child. Um, you think I'm made of money? <laughs> Do you know what they're eating? The last intern. <laughs> Don't tell them that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> hey, things are tough all over, all right? No, it's true. You know, we're, we're in a real weird spot in the industry. It's crazy. Um, but uh, all that to say... That I the thing I really like about abridging, yeah. is uh, is how it's not just a, a it's not just a thing to make fun of uh, a show or a thing to like spoof it specifically. It's 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 always for the most part a, a love letter to the source material, um, and it's also a way for people to uh, get their creativity out there using something that they enjoy and and something that like other people can can relate to and other people have enjoyed their whole life as well right um and it also allows people to be to like create content on their own terms like a lot of abridging started on youtube right um and youtube especially back in like 2008 when this uh when this show started was a haven for people who wanted a way into uh, creating original content uh, to get their stuff out there without having to, you know, deal with a studio or, or deal with uh, any of the, like, mucking ups of the industry. They were able to just go, here's my art, enjoy it. And then if people liked it, you, you know, you build your subscription and get all your sweet, sweet sponsorships. Um, but so, but, but, right. And so what, it, what was really striking me while I was watching, and then it got reinforced uh, just a little bit ago when you also had me watch a, sh- a much shorter, uh, abridged version of short art, sword art online. Yes. Uh, you know, you said that this this show uh, started in 2008. So, I mean, that's 10 years ago. So, it's not like this, this concept is brand new. But what I kept being struck by was like this type of content, even though it's been a decade, right, since even just this one specific show started. Big picture wise, on the grand timeline, this came to be like a second ago like yeah. a, a fraction of a second ago uh and i find it really fascinating that this is whole because of the internet 
and the accessibility of content and also the accessibility now of content manipulation. It's this whole new, it's not necessarily a completely separate medium, but mm -hmm. it's this entirely new utilization of this medium, this weird, like this mashup uh, content that just didn't exist before that exists now. And it's like you say, like people engaging with their content on their own terms, people mm -hmm. taking it and making it whatever they want it to be. And there's something really interesting about that. And it's only become more and more and more prevalent since then. And I wonder if now I don't think, you know, you, you get people that are very alarmist about like, well, it's any, you know, it's traditional media, quote unquote, whether it's uh, movie theaters or like, you know, uh, uh, TV and, and and movies being separate things or whatever, different modes of distribution, whatever. Yeah. People get very alarmist about how like if things change enough, it's going to ruin it. Um, I don't think anything that dire will ever take place. I think there's always going to be TV. I think there's always going to be movies, even if we're predominantly seeing it all at home. But I wonder, on a long enough timeline, does almost all content eventually become like this? And is that even necessarily a, a bad thing? Is it? Does that mean it's a good thing? Not necessarily. It just is a thing. Right. I find something very interesting about that because really... You know, like, if you think about it, like, cinema's not even that old. Again, on a grand enough timeline, like, we really just started making movies a, a few minutes ago. Yeah. Um, and so if you think about, right, like, 10 years compared to that, fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a minute. And I'm, I find it really, yeah, I find it really compelling. And I'm really curious to see where it goes. Because as I said, I feel like it's only become more and more and more prevalent. There's so much of this type of thing online now. Yeah. And I think that, like, you got into kind of the next stage of what a bridging became, where it was, it essentially moved from just a retelling of the original stories, and it became uh, people using that, the, like, plates and the arts and the characters to essentially create a, their own story using the, these animations. So, like, you can't, you can't draw, you can't, uh, you can't animate, but you have uh, characters you want to do. You have uh, you have a way to edit things. Then boom, you can make an abridged series and tell your own story just using the little pieces of animation that already exist. So we got things like Code Mint, Nun Piece, um, Pokemon Bridged, where like they have these characters, and that some of them still use the 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 core of the original characters from the show, but ultimately are telling a completely different story which I think is a really interesting way of doing that. Where does, and maybe they don't, but where does something like this overlap with, and I, this is a terrible example because it's super racist, but this is the one that popped into my head, something okay. like Ugandan Knuckles? I don't, I'm not uh, familiar with that. Okay, boy, you're missing out on the... the pervasive racism of Ugandan knuckles. Okay. It's, it's uh, okay. So that's a, the, you have no frame of reference for that. Um, I feel uh, like it's a, because I feel like it's, there's overlap there. And I feel like there's overlaps in terms of, in terms of uh, mashup content and manipulating content to create your own content. I feel like you only have to take about a step to get to stuff like, you know, the people that make millions of dollars just playing, you know, playthroughs that they're commenting on. And making like crazy jokes. It's even stuff like PewDiePie where they also get weirdly racist. Yeah. Uh, which also seems to be a, a through line on that side of the fence. Uh, but yeah. I wonder what the the overlap is or how one does one become the other? Does one 
reflect the other? Is there any relationship between the two at all? And Uganda Knuckles is, again, not the best example, but it's the it's the one that came to mind first. Okay. So the quick internet search I was able to do, um, I guess it, it is a meme that was originally just like a caricature of Knuckles' uh, like their his race which is their species which is the echidna yeah and then it became something else there's a video that i've seen i didn't i don't know necessarily about like the the base meme yeah but i've just seen the video and it's mostly the voices okay interesting but okay so just for context we pulled up we pulled up uganda knuckles and i've now uh shown tari so do you do you at least understand what i mean like what i'm referring to as far as me seeing a certain amount of overlap certainly not in intention yeah uh but in form okay yes um i i can i see the because it it there's well, no real story that i can as far as i can tell in ugandan knuckles right. there's just a lot of racism yes i mean i don't know if i feel like they exist in the same world and that like i feel like ugandan knuckles is very much like a like a, a meme mashup, whereas like there is, I think that there's, as you said, like an intention behind the abridging. And so like the, the Ugandan Knuckles reminds me of, um, I don't know if you ever played any of the like early, uh, well, I guess closer to like uh, late aughts, um, like life simulation games, like Second Life, or um, the other one that's not Second Life. Closest I think I ever um, got to something like that was The Sims. Right. Um, so it, when that was a big thing, um, basically you would create these avatars online and everyone would just kind of hang out in these, in these virtual worlds and just kind of exist. Um, and there was this thing, uh, this is kind of where the term griefers came from, where people would go in and they would hack these these environments and they would essentially like troll them so like one time there was a uh a concert so they were doing all these like in second life concerts where you'd go and you'd basically have like pink doing a concert in second life um and so griefers would come through and they would hack it so that um dick dicks would like rain from the sky um, or it would be something to the effect of they would make it so like an item would replicate so much that it would essentially uh, uh, overwhelm the system and, and crash the whole second life. Things like that. So that it reminds me of things like that where people take um, something innocuous and essentially make it uh, racist, racist. And just like they do it for the for the rise, they do it for that that sweet sweet rise. It's almost it's just like like uh, overwhelming belligerence, mm-hmm. mostly. Yeah. Okay. Because I feel like I still feel like I, I feel like the the DBZ thing, the or the abridging, or now what my understanding of abridging is, it's almost it, there's a bit of a relationship in the base concept. It's just like the abridgers seem to be trying for something. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's actually, there is a story. Now, just because I didn't follow what the story was doesn't mean that there isn't one. Right. And within the jokes, there's still a backbone. Whereas it's something like, yeah, forget Uganda Knuckles, but something like from that that school of content is way more about, yes, we're mashing stuff up, but it's mostly just to throw it at you. Right. 
I mean, because I so uh, taking the abridging versus um, versus griefing uh, a little further in that, like the so I showed you Sao or Sword Art Online abridged because I wanted to give you an example one of how far abridging had has come in that, like when you watch the first season of Dragon Ball Z abridged. Um, it's a little rougher. The the recording is a little uh, like the mic quality isn't as good, and it gets better as you go. But like when you get to like Sao abridged, um, the mic quality is great. The uh, the editing is great. Integrating um, other additional elements. Yeah, um, and also uh, if you ever have a chance to just watch all of the first season of Sao abridged, um, they do a really good job of actually building the characters they actually find a way to improve on the source source material like the first season of sword art online is okay at best um but the abridgers found a way to take that okay season and really like develop the characters in a way that is meaningful uh things have stakes the the character had like at a certain point uh gets is affected by losing a bunch of people at which is kind of dropped in the main series um but is then later um like it affects all of his decisions moving forward anyway all that to say there is intention and there's like a, a love and, and and thought it'd be it, at a certain point becomes art whereas like i would take uh the the griefer example so there is that uh sad frog character um pepe pepe that became the, the, the alt right mascot yeah. yes so it's it's taking that concept where um it's less it's it's like ugandan knuckles where you take this again really innocuous thing and then you apply meaning to it that is not necessarily its original intention so like you could there is there is a a line to be drawn between the two in that like right like a certain amount of overlap if not an extensive amount of overlap right yeah um but like then that i mean that does bring up the really interesting idea of um intention and and how it can be warped for the most part yes for sure um which i think is a really interesting conversation that we could have about like how things change over time um, and even something made with the best or no intention at all can be co-opted by a group of nefarious people, or it can be uh, co-opted for the better. Like if we were, if we were to dive into this, we could talk about yes, uh, Pepe the Frog, but we could also talk about the N word and that like it went from being this gross, hateful thing, and it's something that was uh, in in all attempts uh, taken back by the black community and uh integrated into our own society right um so like it, it works both ways with varying amounts of success uh the the other example that that popped into my head and one of the more famous examples too is the swastika right which was essentially i mean it was uh it was a uh, an ancient symbol in a lot of asian cultures right and it, it was essentially a symbol of like luck and and prosperity yeah now it's nazis yeah which is rough and it's it's interesting because in some like at in some places like specifically japan um i was watching this video where people uh i guess the youths uh are using the swastika as like a an emoji 
uh, but they don't really have a context of what it's like meaning is um so we're, we're taking back the swastika not even that it's just like it's i think it's it's i don't know if it's a, an education thing i don't know if it is a uh just a, a willful willful ignorance thing but like it's something that some younger generations don't have as much context for i imagine especially in japan because they were on um they were uh, I won't say the wrong side of history, but like, yeah, that there's a, that's, that's a whole complex. That's a fraught discussion. Yes. Um, so like, I don't, I, I don't know how world war two is discussed in Japan. So I can't say that like, they're like, <laughs> not nah, for nothing. Swastika's great. I do know how it's discussed here and we're not doing a great job either. Yes. Um, we at least, we at least do know to identify the swastika with Nazis or rather not, not two, but that, you have to right um and it's but it's it's also that like it, i think that like now they just see it as a, a like a cool symbol like it's in it's subtly in a lot of different anime as well like in uh and it's not like they're like oh man we love hitler it's well, wouldn't just it the, be they're they're using it in reference to its original intended meaning right i, I would assume yes yes um, Although may- there's maybe there's just like one rogue animator somewhere that's just like no one will know. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I think it's it's just that like it is it's and it's a symbol that's older than its newer context. Yes, and so some people don't have the newer context or don't accept the newer context or just don't know it, uh, and so it's just a thing that people use, um, which is interesting. Yes, and uh, and y- y- you folks listening didn't see the face Tari made, but like you could maybe hear in his inflection that like it's interesting, but it's weird and uncomfortable. <laughs> um, yeah, um, because I think that we we kind of touched a little bit on the alt right, which are often and uh, accurately depicted as like neo-nazis because they believe in it's, it's uh, the same thing i know i mean it's like it's it's not so much a depiction it's like that's literally alt-right is just a cutesy way of saying neo-nazi yes and or white supremacist white nationalist take your pick right and so like it feels like uh just to kind of further contextualize that distance from what the swastika means it's also that distance from what it means to be a nazi and being an, a white nationalist and things of that sort so people who are neo or uh, uh, who are white, uh, alt-right don't necessarily identify themselves as neo-nazis but they are essentially preaching the same gospel yes um which is is troublesome in that like you can't separate those two things right you can't like you can't rebrand nazism you can't be like it's not it's new coke it's not old coke but they're trying they're really trying they're really trying but like that's the and thing new is coke you can't didn't sell did it no it didn't thus proving your point <laughs> qed oh yeah i did that boom <laughs> now he's dabbing again <laughs> uh it's for me lex <laughs> Um, ah, oh geez, we went down a, a, a dark rabbit hole. But honestly, like, I, I, 
wasn't necessarily thinking actively about the alt-right while I was watching this abridged uh, DBZ, but I kept thinking about all of the lines that you can draw from something, and obviously I don't see the harm in the, the DBZ abridged. It seems like it's made with only the best intentions out of love for the source material. They're not looking to target anybody. They're not doing it against anyone. It seems like it's totally innocuous. It's it's fun, and they're doing it from a, a really positive place. Yeah. But I, w I was continually reminded of a lot of other pieces of uh, mashup content where the intent does not seem to be quite so pure, yeah. which leads my brain directly down all of the paths we were just going down because I see the connection, not certainly not an in intention and not in, uh, in, in level of, uh, racism or, or nazism or what have you but i still yeah if you follow all of those threads far enough for me i end up at at stuff like the alt-right and how a lot of people use this mashup uh mashup content culture if you will to like you talked about the memes right like uh, most of the alt-right memes are just it's it's dog whistling right so like you wouldn't know if you had no idea what you were looking at you would just be like i don't get i don't get this meme yeah but they'll get the meme and there's a decent chance it's saying some real unpleasant shit or right. really at the very least highly questionable shit if you can hear the dog whistle. Mm -hmm. So again, that's not in any way what I think these abridgers do. But I see I see the similarity in the way they're playing with form, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it kind of uh, harkens. Harkens? Maybe. I'm going to use it. Uh, Did you seriously just say hitherto undreamt of? <laughs> um, but it 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 kind of speaks to that's better. Um, this idea that things don't have an inherent meaning, things in in general, um, even if it's a piece of art with that was created with intention, which is like a show, um, there's always going to be there's there's literally no way that everyone is going to agree that everything has the same meaning so like ultimately no matter what the thing whether it's a banana or a, a tv show like i'm getting i'm getting i, yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. your face it's like we're, all right where's this going um it's it's these this idea that meaning is created by a shared group of people um meaning like no matter what it is nothing is born with meaning um which is i forget the there's a group of philosophy around it but uh, around this idea but like uh no matter no matter what the thing is and I, again from a banana to a tv show mm -hmm. the way that you in interpret it is ultimately what gives it meaning um sure. and so like that kind of goes into how like shows a show is created and like a mother for example like how mother um, was, I, I, the Darren Aronofsky film. Yes. Yes. Um, Not like my mother or yes, your mother. Your mother yeah, yeah. specific. No. Um, mother by Darren Aronofsky, uh, for all intents and purposes was created with a specific thing in mind. And then other, everyone as a whole, the audience took a certain meaning from it. Well, and I think that this speaks to your point even further. When you listen to Aronofsky talk about mother, only my opinion it becomes clear that he made a movie that's a lot more interesting than the movie he thought he made right yeah so i think that like 
even further speaks to your point as well because like it's it's subjective even going in and so they might have one intention and just because they are the author of the piece and of course filmmaking doesn't really work that way it's ultra collaborative but if we want to be super auteurist about it <laughs> um let we, let's call him the author of the movie blah, 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 blah. right um the quote-unquote author saw it one way and it doesn't it didn't fully come out that way and that's not a bad thing. And then yeah. everybody walking in, like you're saying, like they bring something different to it. And so what they get back from it will inherently mean something. Even if we can talk about what happened in a scene and we can all agree this is what happened in a scene, it will affect us in completely different ways. It will it will evoke different things in us or maybe will evoke nothing at all and will profoundly affect the person next to us. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's the gist a lot more well articulated than I was getting at, but yeah, essentially that, um, sometimes I can't tell, I can't like, sometimes I think I'm just talking and I don't know if any of it makes sense. (laughs) Um, I just say the same words, uh, over and over until someone says, yeah, 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 I get it. That's, that's my method. I mean, Um, that's more or less what I do. I just (laughs) occasionally I'll vary up the phrasing, but I'm essentially saying the same thing over and over. Well, I mean, the words that we say inherently have no meaning. It's just when someone interprets them. All words are made up. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. yeah. I hear you. Um, Did you have additional thoughts about uh, Dragon Ball Z abridged? Probably, but I don't know what they are. Yeah. I, uh, Uh. I was lost through most of it, but I was really into... uh, I'm fascinated by the form more yeah. than I am the content because the content is, is very specifically something that I'm just, I'm not part of that fandom. Right. Um, but the form is something that, and as we talked about, I just find it very compelling that this is a relatively speaking, a very new type of engaging with and manipulating and distributing content. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see, I mean, even just in the last 10 years, look at how much more sophisticated it's become. Yeah. Look at how much more sophisticated it's going to become when when real scary shit, like, you, like how people can now use AI to take photos of people and essentially graft them onto, it's usually porn, but graft it onto like uh, videos, like moving images in a way that if you know to look for the seams, you can kind of tell something's off. Yeah. But if you don't, it you might actually be fooled if you're not looking closely. Yeah. That's super scary on its own. But once stuff like that becomes widely available, as the world crumbles, as it inevitably will once that happens, you know people are going to be using it to make live-action versions of exactly this type of thing. Right. Well, I mean, that sends us down a whole nother hole. So I was listening to, I want to say it was either Radio Lab or it was um, uh, This American Life. One of those two things. And they were talking about how there were two different technologies happening uh, simultaneously, where one, you essentially can feed in hours and hours and hours of someone speaking, and it'll essentially uh, allow them to, it'll allow you to replicate their voice and anything, make them say literally anything. Yep. Um, while there's also, you can do the same thing for video, where yep. you just feed in a bunch of video and then. You can uh, essentially just, yeah, as you were saying, put it on your face. Like the video that we had where it was President Obama saying a bunch of stuff, but it was actually Jordan Peele. And the whole point was, uh, guys, look what we can do with this now. Right. This is maybe not good. Yeah. 
because at a certain point you won't even need a, a human puppet you will essentially just be able to take that little piece of their their uh video and make them make it seem like they said it in that one context yeah so y'all if you think we have a disinformation fake news problem now whoo boy yeah i mean we're still probably about i would say five years from like the combination of the two um i mean we are yes i would venture if if we broadly if like the culture is five years away i guarantee somebody's got it in two and a half probably it, and it's probably not going to be anyone we want to have it. Um, I don't know. I really want it for that porn you were talking about. I mean, look, uh, I'm not yeah. saying there won't be appealing byproducts of this for if you're into that sort of thing. But no, like, how does that? I picture you doing this while you look at porn. Like you turn the volume off and you just do your own yeah. music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also add my own dialogue. I'm like, yo. Would you uh, like to have sex after I deliver this pizza? So you're like, yes, I consent to this sexual act, and I would really like to have sex. And I am uh, empowered as a woman in general. Uh, I have a career. I have um, lots of things that I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna have kids probably in my late thirties because I really want to focus on my career. I just really need to embrace my sexuality right now. And I find that you are here, and I find you attractive, and this is a hundred percent consensual. And, uh, and uh, yes, that is what I would like to do. And he's like. Great, I respect your choices, and I also really would like to have sex with you as well, so I'm glad that we've come to this understanding, and I hope that, like, even if it doesn't have greater meaning in our lives, like, we don't form a relationship, I won't think of you as a sexual object, nor will I think of you as, uh, just like a, a meaningless one-night stand, you know, it's just two people consenting to having, uh, sex and really enjoying themselves, because sex is like a thing that we as people enjoy, and it's it's not something to be ashamed of. Well, this is pretty nuanced for a video called "You Done Goofed Slut." <laughs> but see, you're like a you're like a porn abridger now. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, that's 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 what I do. That's. <laughs> <laughs> what are we even talking about? Oh right, how like how like uh, uh yeah, <laughs> video and audio manipulation are going to bring down society. Yep, <laughs> yeah, but but there will be porn that people enjoy along the way, I suppose. Right, of course. Um, I mean that's where most technology starts. Like s- streaming technology was revolutionary, was revolutionized by the porn industry in terms of the the way that they built their servers, the way that they um have the the front facing uh methods of streaming even just the like tap to uh see tap the thumbnail to see a preview thing was revolutionary revolutionized by the porn industry um i learned this from tech people so what you're saying is the real treasure is the porn we made along the way yeah guys he's doing it again Literally just opened porn, and he's sitting across from me. He's, he's doing it. Yo, I'd like to have sex with you. 
I refuse. You are a gross person. See you later. I'm going to go home and talk to my husband, whom I have sex with on a regular basis, and he's not gross like you are. That was the end of that porn. Wow. Yeah, the video just cut off. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> very, he actually he actually backed off. Yeah. He took no for an answer. Good. As wow. Yeah. It's very progressive. Yeah, you're right. I'm gross. I need to stop. I'm going to go put in the work. Yeah. I'm going to go put in the work. Totally. <laughs> oh great oh geez all right i, I think i'm gonna wrap this up i think that's fair that's probably for the best <laughs> um oh man uh guys thank you for joining us here on missing out um uh, as we said at the beginning of the show uh make sure that you like and uh not like but make sure that you uh leave us a rating it really helps us um we read them out here on the show if you leave us a review um and five stars really helps people find the show helps us keep building this brand up and helps other people to not miss out on this show and also the stuff that we're presenting um so that would really help us as you know uh if you're listening to this we're available on itunes a google play store stitcher uh overcast and uh podbean uh also you can find us on twitter uh lex where can they find you i'm on twitter and all of our social media at the lex michael nice i am at tari j that's t-a-u-r-i-j-a-y you can also find this show at Missing Outcast, that's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. And uh, guys, a bunch of you have been reaching out to us on Twitter uh, saying hey, uh, and we love it. We love hearing from you guys, so please keep doing that. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, well, that wraps us up for this week. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, have have a have a great week. I'll go, see you next time. I'm going to go put in the work. Oh, yeah. The work. Oh, oh, yeah. Working on myself, <laughs> building my character. Yeah. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing. I hear what you're saying. I am are you doing, your reckoning. Are you doing Bane? I'm here to fulfill Ra's Agul's destiny. Yes. You fight like a younger man with nothing held back. For you. Admirable, but mistaken. (laughs) No one cared who I was till I put on the mask. And like a smoothie, I cannot eat solid foods with this mask on. Give me the basic acai bowl with whey protein. Yes, it's I need the protein to maintain this muscle. Harvey Dent. Uh, stupid. Ah, oh, man. Okay. But see, we just did it, right? We just essentially uh, mashed some shit up <laughs> in a way, like, yeah. relevance. Right. Soup's relevant. 